Yo, what up? We are back with another episode of Big Ten Coast to Coast. Shout out to March Madness. It's your boy Ant, along with Matt. What up, Matt? How you doing, sir? What up, what up, what up? I'm mid-eating Pop-Tart right now, but it's fine. We're doing a podcast. It's March. It's what? What are we like? Tomorrow night, the tournament starts, basically, right? 16 seats play tomorrow. Yeah, first four. First four. And, you know, you got some NIT play tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about the NIT. How <laughs> could I possibly forget about those coveted NIT games? My bad. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's all good. I mean, like, I don't know. I saw this coming, like, a while ago. So, mm. it's not like I'm surprised at who's in the NIT. Well, kind of, right? Rutgers. A little bit of a Rutgers is a surprise. A little bit of a surprise, and it's more of a surprise because of um, of how many brackets had them in. I'm looking at it right now, and <laughs> wow, wow! So I just refreshed Bracket Matrix, and. Um, I actually have to message Aaron this because I don't think he knows this because he, he probably hasn't opened a bracket matrix since. But um, Rutgers is now in 201 of 210 submitted brackets. First time. That's ridiculous. First time ever. At least a 95% submission was not in as an at-large. First time ever. Yeah, it's wild. I thought for sure they were going to be a, like a playing team. First time ever. I have to send out this tweet right now. So, look, right now, hey, look, I want you to talk to me or talk to Michigan fans on why they should watch Michigan Toledo at Chrysler. Why should they tune in? <laughs> you want me to pitch it to you? Okay. Here's why you watch this game. Okay. Here's why you watch this game. Michigan's a young team, right? And to be honest, this year, you've seen Michigan struggle against teams like Toledo from the Mac. And I think they've grown and they've gotten better as a team as the year gone, has gone on. So, this game is a bit of a confirmation bias sort of subjective game, right? Like it, it, this is a game where it's either going to confirm what we think we know about this Michigan team or basically tell us that we're crazy, right? Because again, what we said at the end of the season, right, was that Michigan was a tournament team that didn't have a tournament resume, right? And if they go out and they show out in the NIT, they will show that they probably deserved if they hadn't choked at the beginning of the year and had some injury issues and some different lineup changes, playing through a lot of young guys, that with the talent that they have, they would have been an NCAA tournament team and they would set up momentum going into next year with guys like Doug coming back, hopefully Hunter staying. Um, by the way, the people saying the Hunter's going to transfer, I think you guys are crazy. Um, you know, that foundation, that core of the team is going to be back. You're losing Kobe, you're losing Jet, but at the same time, it's your last 
games you kind of get to see from these guys possibly I think probably Kobe's gone I think Jet's probably gone um safe to say so again it's one you have to kind of see how the team is continuing to progress see if they can fight back from a tough result and show some sort of mental strength and mental toughness and also it's your final chance to actually see some of these guys play in a Michigan uniform and if you're a really big Michigan fan and you're a big Michigan basketball fan that should be already enough for you to want to watch these games now does that mean you need to fully pay attention to it probably not it is the nit after all but playing a good toledo team uh, it will be a fun matchup toledo plays really good basketball uh, toledo might, honestly might be one of the best teams they've played um since the big 10 schedule started i think the mac is extremely good this year um and toledo is right up there at the top of it so their their team is definitely going to give michigan a lot of trouble um, as when they're playing them. They, you know, they're going to guard Michigan hard. They're going to make them, you know, have to fully execute on offense. So it'll be fun to watch them in what would be a, basically a big game for Michigan. So, um, you know, it, it would be bigger if it wasn't the NIT and, you know, they were playing them in the NCAA tournament as like a 5-12 seed. But, you know, that's basically what the matchup is, right? So, um yeah, I'm excited to kind of see how Michigan handles a big game. And it's a home of the Chrysler Center, where you guys lost to Central Michigan earlier, who's another MAC team. So maybe you can avenge the loss earlier this year to another MAC team. There you go. Very true. And I will say this. Um, Toledo, two things about Toledo. Um, they have not lost to a team other than Kent State since January 3rd. They're very good. That's one. Yep. Two, they have not faced a high major opponent this year. Mm. That's something else to look at. I believe the biggest conference they faced was the A-10. I believe I believe George Mason is in the A-10, right? Are they A-10? Yeah. Mm-hmm. George Mason finished fifth. Yes, George Mason is A-10. They finished fifth in the A-10. Actually, really good year by Mr. English. Um, lost by seven. Lost by seven. Um, that game was played in Fairfax, Virginia, and I just realized I should have went to that game. Should have went to that game. You should have went to that right game. down the road. Um, could have, should have, would have. Shame on me. Shame on me. Uh, but I will say this: first game against a high major, but they haven't lost since January third. This is going to tell us how much better Michigan has really got. Like, how much better yeah, are they? That's what I was saying. Yeah, how much better are they? You know, you go out there and you struggle against the second-worst team in the MAC, beat them by five uh, at LS at, at LCA in Detroit in front of a ruckus crowd. Uh, you end up going to – you end up going to overtime against the fifth-best MAC team with in Ohio, and you end up losing – to the third worst MAC team at home by two. And you're looking at this like, okay, playing against the, the MAC champions. Um, Michigan's a much better team now. I think I know that. I think you know that. They know that. If they're to replay those games today, um, I feel they win those. I feel Eastern and Central, I think they win those handily when they play against Ohio. I think that would still be a win, but by about 15 points or so. Um, but this is going to tell us a lot. Yeah, well, this game's a litmus test. It's a litmus test to see how far the team has actually progressed. 
Yes. yes. That, that's what this game is. is to me. And where their head is, you know, because. Yeah. And again, this, this Toledo team has only lost to Kent State since January. Even if Michigan loses this game, it can still tell you a lot about Michigan as a program, right? It can tell you how, how far they progressed if it's, a, if it's a close game. Obviously, if it's a blowout at home with like 25 people in the stands because it's an NIT game, that's going to be depressing. But if it's a close game, Toledo ends up toughing it out because they're a more experienced team. I don't think that's the end of the world for Michigan fans, and I think it's a growing lesson and a good motivator for people like Doug going into next year with that little bit of a bitter taste in your mouth um, from losing a game at home to a good team in Toledo. I know I don't think that would also be the end of the end of the world either. Yeah, and you know there there is word going going around that the practice before heading out to Chicago was one of the worst practices all year. And then going out there, kind of seeing what they mm. actually did. Ugh, right. Not very surprising, not very surprising, but, but when you, right. you know, with all that said and done, you can, you can pretty much wipe everything that's gone out done. And you can either treat this as an opportunity or you can treat this as, um, as a punishment, right? And I think you can always take any negative thing that comes to you and you can change that into something positive that goes on. Um, the tough part about tournaments like this is in constellation tournaments, you got to get through the, you got get, you have to get through the first game. Uh, the first game is going to be the biggest game. You have to, you have to mentally, you have to, you have to mentally get through it, right? Because it's like, okay, should I be here? Why am I here? But then after you win the first one, now you're in it, right? Okay, we've moved on. We're at that. Yeah. We're at that next step. You know, we're in the the NIT version of the Sweet Sixteen. And you know, when you're there, and you get to host a team like, oh, you have to go on the road to Vanderbilt, right? Going on the road to a Vanderbilt team. You know, and yeah. then you know, seeing if they could beat Yale. Who, you know, what headspace are they in in their opening game? Are they in a headspace to go out there and beat a very good Yale team out of the Ivy League, right? And then you have very right. good teams in Clemson right. and UAB. Clemson was right there in terms of uh, getting in that large bid. And you're looking at UAB who – you know, they, they were favored in that championship game. I know they got dominated quite quite a bit by an, an FAU team. That's very, very good. But that UAB squad, um, you know, they you know, they could very well be in the tournament right now as that dreaded 12-13 seed. And, um, you know, like how however you want to go about this, you've, you've got to go about this with, the, with a championship mindset because you don't know what can happen how this can catapult you into next year. Right. Look at Xavier. What did they do last year? They went to the NIT and they won the whole thing. Where are they now? They're sitting in as a, what, they're a top, what, top four, top five seed? Where are they? They're three. Yeah. They're a three yeah, seed. Three seed in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, they were, they just competed for the Big East in both the regular season and the tournament. This is a first year coach. I know Sean Miller's a, a good coach, but you never know what's going to happen when when you when you taste victory 
some sort of victory for one year, and then you're able to carry that into an off season where it's not as bitter, right? 1715, 1714, very, very yeah. meh, right? You want to get that taste out your mouth. Um, you want to go about this with a championship mindset. You don't want to go in here like messing around, digging around, because then you're going to get embarrassed and you're going to make that bitter taste be twice as bad, three times as bad. Um, you have to a- approach this like any other sort of like any like any other game. And go in there with a mindset, hey, we're here to win the whole thing. Yeah, no, they should absolutely go with the mindset of, of win the whole thing. I think you can go back and you look through teams that have won the NIT in the past. There is a pattern of them having an excellent season the next year. And that's no, you know, that's that's no fluke, right? That's that's not something that uh, you know, is just just so happens to be, right? Teams that win it, they get confidence going to the next year also. If you go look at Xavier, they got a bunch of good transfers that came in this year. And they probably transferred in. I'll tell you part of the reason they transferred in is they see the team go and win the NIT and go, okay, that was a team that wasn't great, had its flaws, but at its core is still a winning roster, right? And I can go in and offer something to that roster to make it better. You go and get Jeff Nunji. You go and – I believe they got Sule Boom this year. They go and get these guys and – they take their team from an NIT winning team to a three seat. That's there is no coincidence in that. And so again, Michigan can totally do that. You have an all American center or a possible all American center in Hunter Dickinson. You have a second year starting point guard, a spark plug in Doug McDaniel. You're going to have Will Cheddar back. Hopefully, you know, there, there is going to be a spot at the two and three spot. Um, and if you go and look at all the people getting the transfer portal, you're look at like JJ Starling from Notre Dame, you know, up and down the list. There's a lot of really talented twos and threes um, that are in the, the portal that Jawan can go and, and grab. So I look, I think Michigan has a, has the blueprint to go and, and win the NIT. I think they have the blueprint to go and be successful next year um, and off the success from the NIT. They just have to take it seriously. Yep, and then you want to look at 2021 NIT winners. Uh, I believe that was yep. Memphis. Since then, Memphis has been in the 8-9 game with Penny Hardaway. Uh, if you look at uh, who won the NIT in 2019, that was um, that was uh, Texas, I believe. And you know, you're looking at them. Yep. That Shock is smart. They were 19-12, and 9-9 in the conference, fourth seed. You know, when, you, when, when you're looking at – or they're tied for a 4-5-6, but – if that tournament's played, they're in the tournament and they've been in the tournament ever since. So like, there's definitely a pattern when it comes to, Hey, you want to go and go and go and compete and go ahead and and win this thing. It should balloon you that following year, but I don't want to spend all this time on NIT talk. Let's talk on, let's talk about Rutgers um, and what (laughs) happened there. Um, I know we talked about it a bit yesterday, but man, it was, um, I do want to say that, you know, when digging deeper, a couple things came up, right? Like why they missed. Yeah. Um, we all know it's, it's because of Mag, right? They're looking at what happened post Mag. Mm-hmm. Moat Mag got got his ACL torn on um, on February fourth. I want to say that was at Madison Square Garden against 
against Michigan State. Um, and then since that game, you're looking at four, you're, you're looking at seven losses and three wins. They were three and seven since then, Drew. Yep. Three and seven since then. You're three out of your three wins out of your last ten games, and you lose to Minnesota on the road in a game that you were winning by ten with a minute ten to go. Well, up by ten. You were up by eight with fifty seconds to go. You're up by six with thirty seconds to go. You lose the game. You can't do that against a very bad team because now that's another bad loss. That's a quad three, right? Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about what has transpired throughout the tournament. Mm-hmm. You go and beat Michigan. That's good. Challenge Purdue. They looks like they had to win that game. But, but, Seton Hall, they had three quad three losses, right? Going into going into this last week, Seton Hall was beating DePaul yeah. by five with 50 seconds left, beating them by four with 10 seconds left. DePaul ended up winning that game with that crazy goal 10, no goal 10 call, right? That dropped Seton Hall net just enough to give Rutgers their fourth quad, uh-huh. quad three loss. So now yeah. you're really looking yeah. at like it's amazing when. You know how I love in November and December, I love my Yikes tweets, right? A Yikes tweet mm-hmm. is, a, is guaranteed like quad four. Like, listen, you do not want a Yikes. If you want a Yikes, you are unserious about going to the NCAA tournament because it's really hard to survive a bubble watch if it's between you and another team and you got a quad four loss, that's going to weigh you down heavily. That's going to weigh your metrics down heavily, right? So, like, you got to avoid certain losses. Like, that Seton Hall game, 100% winnable. Like, you can't lose. It was like in, like, it was playing in the, in the, in the, in the low 40s. It was like a one point game, 43, 45, 43. Yeah. Go win that game, like that, and that wasn't a very good Seton Hall team. And on top of that, now that loss is going to hurt every time Seton Hall loses. Every time Seton Hall loses, that two game stretch, that's going to hurt you. Yeah, and that two game stretch, yeah. they lose at Ohio State, they get absolutely just, I mean, screwed out of a win, and then you get play against Seton Hall and you choke yeah. that game. And then I think the two games, honestly, that they needed to win on their schedule was at home to Nebraska. You can't lose to Nebraska at home. And you can't lose away at Minnesota. Like, if you want to be a tournament team, I know you lose mag, but you have to find a way to win both those games. Because if they win both those games, they go from three and seven to five and five in their last ten. And that's a lot more acceptable. Yeah. They end up yes. um, twenty-one and and I think they'd be twenty-one and twelve would be their overall record if they just win those two games um, in the last ten. And there's and they're going to be a ten probably somewhere. And they'll yeah, be a ten. They'll be a ten, yeah, or, be a 10 or or probably an eleven, just with how many Big Ten teams there are on the on that seven, eight, nine, ten line. 
they would probably make them in an 11 just for seeding purposes. Every game matters in the Big Ten. Every game matters, every game. right? Even in the non-conference, like, every game. Yeah. Like, they don't understand, like, hey, you, you come out tripping one time on, like, November 18th, that's going to leave – that's going to leave you really upset in about three to four months when you got your, when you got your metrics up there against someone else and they keep looking at that one day on November the 18th where you, where you were tripping, you know what I mean? They're going to, they are, they are going to look back on those days for Rutgers. That November 18th game was temple. Temple was not very good this year. There's no reason to lose that game. And I do know, I believe they had a couple guys out. Uh, I know they had McConnell out, um, but still, and Mokehi out as well, too. But but these are games that you you just can't you just can't let slide. You just can't let slide. If you're if you're a tournament team the way that you think you are, there's some games that you just gotta take care of. Whether it's this Temple game, uh, whether it's Seton Hall, um, End of the day, bro, Minnesota, that Minnesota loss ended them. That Minnesota loss ended them. And um, and that's and that's really unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. The Minnesota loss was the nail in the coffin. And honestly, I don't think everybody expected that to be. But when you look back at it now, hindsight's 2020, that's really what killed them. And that's really sad for Rutgers. They're such a good team. But the good news is, right? I think most of the team should be returning next year, correct? I saw your tweet earlier today talking about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, they have a couple guys who are 50-50, like Paul Mulcahy, who knows what he wants to do, Cliff Almarui, who knows what he wants to, to do, but they are in on some transfers. So I I don't think it'll be a big loss either way. Um, I think getting Paul Mulcahy back will be more important than Almarui, in my opinion, um, because you can't teach good you can't you can't expect the next guard coming in to be solid, right? Because we know how important that position is. We know Paul Mulcahy right. can be solid. Can you bet that the next one is going to be solid? It's hard to transfer into yeah. the Big Ten and be good right away. There's a couple guys who were who like got in some really good situations. Uh, even someone like Cam Spencer, who was playing like an all Big Ten player in the first couple of months, when the Big Ten started, he became pretty inconsistent. And the main reason is because how well scouted the league is, how well coached the league is, how good the players are on the defensive end. Um, he was a bit in- right. so he was a bit inconsistent there, you know. But um, I think you want Paul Mulcahy to come back. I do think that Cliff has some things to work on, too. He's not great around the basket the way he should be. Uh, yes, he dunks everything, but when he has, but when he needs to rely on his touch, it's just not there. Like, he looks like a seventh grader at times. And him being how big he is at 6'11", with that 7'5", whatever wingspan, and his vertical and how bouncy he is, there's no reason why he shouldn't be finishing at a much higher clip with a much better touch. He's a bit more raw around the basket um, than is led on because he dunks everything. But if you get a body on him where he has to kind of be a little finesse, man, his efficiency drops heavily. And you no, know, he, he can come back and fix that a bit. Um, but at, at the same time, we never know 
what these guys want to do. And um, it all comes down to each person's aspirations. Right. Absolutely. So again, um, <laughs> I fully expect him to be back though. Like again, Pike was such a good coach. So if your coach is good, I like Pike a lot. Yeah. Like if, you're, if your coach is good, your roster is most likely and your program is normally going to be in a good spot. So I fully expect Rutgers to be not back as good as they were this year, but, but just around the same. So. Let's go through, let's, let's go through the bracket from who we think has the easiest to the hardest route to a final four. You want to do that? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Who do you think has the easiest? Who do you think has the easiest? All right, the easiest to me personally, I think Purdue. Purdue has the easiest. Okay. Pur- okay. Purdue has the easiest. Okay. They got to win one game. They got to get to the second weekend. They got to beat either Memphis or FAU. And if they can make it to the second weekend, you look across the schedule. I think Marquette is an easy matchup for them. Yeah. I think Kansas State is an easy matchup for them. Um, I think Kentucky is pretty easy for them. They've already beaten Michigan State this year. I think those are the possible teams they would play in the Elite Eight. I think they're easy. Duke or Oral Roberts, I think, would be a tough matchup for them in the Sweet 16. But I think they get to that Elite Eight game, I think they're they're in a Final Four. They did already beat Duke by, what, 20 this year? Yeah, but that was Duke when they were not a team, and instead yeah. of Duke, that is now a better team. They were they were playing some young guys early, but now we're in the year where Philip House he's gonna that he has eight hundred more minutes, right? Um, you have Derek Whitehead yeah. who has eight hundred more minutes. Derek Lively is playing now; he wasn't playing much back then. So I think that team's dynamics are a bit different as well, um, and that'll be an interesting game. Uh, Tennessee right now, they're missing Sakai Ziegler, and I think he's the heartbeat of that club. I'll, I won't be surprised if if they lose the first game. I won't be surprised if they lose this, the uh, second game either. I don't really see them coming out the first weekend. Do you? No, I don't see Tennessee making it out. I think the winner of the Duke-Oral Roberts game is the team that will play Purdue in the Sweet 16. And that Memphis Florida Atlanta game, like that's kind of what you said, right? Is that's like the one game that's gonna be that's gonna get in between can Purdue get to can they can they put themselves in an opportunity to get to a final four, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think again whoever they play first game of the tournament, I don't think matters. They will not lose to that team. There's not a single sixteen seed that can stop. Edie, right? And, and I feel like the guards are going to, to feel very yeah. fairly comfortable in that game. But if they match up against Memphis, Memphis has got some dudes, um, and they're going to make the guards very uncomfortable. And I believe in Penny Hardaway as a coach, which might sound crazy to some people, but I do. Um, a very good defensive coach. I, I mean, watching him play, he's not relying on just getting these big-name guys. Like, he is actually a really – really good coach for that team in that conference. And he's got them playing at a very high level and they're going to get dudes every year just because Penny's a cool guy, but he gets some tough. There's no prima donnas coming into, into Memphis. I'll tell you that much. 
Nope, they got rid of Imani Bates, and uh, <laughs> I think they're better for it. Um, I, I will tell you this. I think, yeah, I'm talking about the first game that Purdue plays against the winner of Texas Southern, and um, what's the team? Um, is it Fairly Dickinson? Yes, yeah. Fairly, so Fairly Dickinson? Dickinson. I forgot what FDU stood, stood for. Yeah, Fairly yep. Dickinson. Both of those teams I are not on the same level as Howard and Northern Kentucky. So they dodged a bullet by not having to play one of those teams, which uh good for Purdue, I guess. I'm surprised at that. I'm so surprised they have Howard. They have Howard there and Northern Kentucky there. Well, that's part of the reason why they're not in the play-in, right? They feel that those are the two, the two top six teams. You, yeah. you would, so they will be right there. So that kind of makes sense. That kind of makes sense. I mean, the I've said this before um, when we're talking about space, but the bottom, like 12, 13, 14, 15 line is a pretty much the toughest 12, 13, 14, 15 line I think I've seen since I've been heavily paying attention to college basketball, and that's like 2008. Okay. Like the 15 seeds, you have Vermont, UNC, Asheville, Princeton, and Colgate. As your 15s, Princeton's is going to suck to guard. UNC Asheville, any of the UNC teams that come out are normally like 13 seeds. Okay. And Vermont always plays well in the tournament. Always. Always. So does Colgate. Colgate's been there, what, like four or five straight years? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're used to it. And they're chopping at the bit to get to the second round. Won't be surprised if Colgate beats Texas. I'll say that right now. But. So who would you say is the second who has the second easiest? I'm going to stay in the East. I think Michigan State. I think the East is food, in my opinion. Are, are you in that? The East is absolute food. I agree. I, I completely and utterly agree. I had Michigan State second. I have, I have Indiana third, by the way. But I have Michigan State second um, as far as easiest yeah. roads to the final four go. Again, I think at the end of the day, they got to beat Marquette. Be a big game, right? To make it to the second weekend. But if they do that, I like them against Kansas State. I like them against Kentucky. I like them against Providence. And I I do like them against somebody that isn't Purdue. So if Purdue gets upset on the other side of the bracket, either by Oral Roberts or Duke, whoever that might be in the Sweet 16 game, or they lose to Memphis in the round of 32, that opens up the door for Michigan State to get to a Final Four. It is food. It is definitely food. If you're going to play against any two seed in this tournament, would you rather Arizona, Texas, UCLA, or Marquette? I'm probably going to go UCLA Marquette. or Marquette, right? Um, yeah. You know, Marquette, yeah. those teams that are kind of newish, this is going to be this is going to be new for them. This is going to be a new experience for them. They're going to be a two seed. They've got their target on their back. They were picked ninth in the Big East preseason. Um this team is very good, though. Like, like don't, don't take it the wrong way. This team is really, really good. I just think that yeah. if you were going to be a seven seed in any of these regions, you would want Michigan State spot. Um, little Big Ten on Big Ten crime here, Michigan State versus Southern Cal. And then you got Marquette, Vermont. I will not be surprised again if Vermont gives Marquette a little run. 
Um, but then you're not playing like you have Kentucky right there. Michigan State beat them in double overtime. I think Michigan State's playing better now. So is Kentucky. Um, that rematch wouldn't be crazy. Uh, you have a Providence team who runs the flex. Ed Cooley. They got a lot going on with Ed Cooley trying to leverage his contract once again. Had, no surprise. Um, then you got a Kansas. You State. had to sneak the flex in there. <laughs> you had to sneak <laughs> the flex in the Providence. I hate the flex. Ban it. Ban <laughs> the flex. It's the worst offense known to men. Flex and blockers and movers. I would rather blockers and movers than flex. I just think flex is like. You'd rather blockers and movers than flex? Yes. I think flex is like the, is the most cheesiest, just, just, just absolutely disgusting. Um, and you know what? If you're a three seed, no, if, if, if you want any three in your region, would you want Baylor? Xavier, Gonzaga, or Kansas State. You will probably go Kansas State or Xavier, right? So having Kansas State, once again, this is a new team. This is new. Like, they haven't been in this spot, right? But you got Jerome Tang, yeah. who's done an amazing job there. Amazing job. Former assistant at Baylor. Absolutely amazing job. Uh, in his first year, you know, should be up for coach of the year nationally, but still new. You got, you've got, you've got everything you want in your bracket. You know, even Duke, new coach, right? With a bunch of freshmen. You got Tennessee, mm-hmm. they're missing their point guard. I mean, Kentucky underperforming. They have guard problems. Like the toughest teams in this bracket, in my opinion. Are Purdue the eight nine, the twelve, and that's really it. Like that's who you really like. Okay, they got some stuff about them. That's hey, if we don't come ready to play, they've either got toughness or they've just got that thing about them where they just find ways to win a lot of games. Like Oral Roberts is just thirty and four. They have Ben Over who can hit a bunch of threes, and he's seven foot five. They could block all these shots. Just a really weird matchup. Um, but that, oh, man, the East is absolute food. Absolute food. And there's a have, large Michigan State contingent in New York City, in my opinion. That's where you want to play. That's true. That's true. I have Oral Roberts, by the way, in the Final Four and, like, half my brackets out of this region as a 12 seed. <laughs> I swear to God. I am team Oral Roberts this year. They're a sexy pick. Um, you know what I planned on doing today? I planned on going back and watching the Oral Roberts-Houston game. I, wa- I want to see why and how they lost by, like, 50 to Houston. I got to go back and see that. Because they were mm. – they had Aceness locked up. I think Aceness was, like, one for 13 from the floor. Like, he couldn't do a damn thing. Yeah. I want to go back and watch that game because I'm interested. Um, so, yeah, Michigan State – Second best route out of all the Big Ten teams. Uh, I'm going to put this in a graphic, too, sometime today. Like, easiest routes to the Final Four, Purdue, Michigan State. All right, so that's who we got, right? Who do you think is third? You yeah. think it's Indiana? I think it's Indiana, yeah. All right, love. Let I me do. look around. Let me look around. Let me look around. Okay. All right, you got – all right, okay. Maryland has to go through Alabama. I think that might be the hardest. Um, you go and you go and look down at the other bracket. Illinois has to go through Arkansas and Kansas. Nope. Northwestern has to go through 
I mean, Northwestern might be there, but they have to, to play Gonzaga probably in the Sweet 16, and I don't think they can possibly beat Gonzaga. Okay, let's go. Indiana. Indiana. Indiana, Indiana starts with Kent State. I think Kent State is actually the toughest matchup for them. No cap. Kent State, if they can get past Kent State, a good defensive team, I think they can take Drake. They can take Miami. That's Sweet 16. I think um, if Houston's still banged up, they don't got the guys that can guard Trace in the post. I know they'll be tough on the guards, but especially if if Sasser is hurt, Houston. If Sasser is hurt, then that takes a lot of Indiana's problems out of the equation when playing Houston. And that's that's like a 50-50 game for me. And then you go look at the other side of the bracket – um, I don't expect Texas to make it past the Sweet 16. I think it's probably going to be Xavier out of that side, and you've already beaten Xavier um, when when Xavier was at full strength um, on their home court, and that's the three seed in this region. So I, I genuinely think this is – IU is – Xavier doesn't have free right, mental. Xavier doesn't have free mental. It's just Nunji, um, and Nunji couldn't guard Trace Jackson Davis in that first matchup. Um, they had to stick Fremantle on them, and Fremantle well, did. don't have Xavier Johnson to play defense. You don't have Xavier Johnson. That's true. That's true. But I think Jalen Huchifino is a much better player than when we played them earlier this year. So that's a different factor. Um, I like this Indiana team. So who, too. Guards, who guards boom? Who guards boom? Who guards boom? I think it's probably going to be um, a team job between Jalen Huchifino and Trey Galloway. Who guards Colby Jones? That's going to be probably that. This is a Tamar Bates game. I think Tamar Bates probably comes in and guards him. Tamar, because Miller's probably not that playable in this game. Though Miller did a pretty decent job at Xavier at guarding him. He kind of got his points, but he slowed him down enough that IU won that game. Okay. 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 I like Indiana if they can get past their first game. That's what I'm but, saying. Yeah. If they can get past Kent State, yes. If Drake wins, I think y'all are in trouble. Because Drake I, has a I, pro, Reeves, who's really good. They got a bunch of 25-year-olds on that team. I agree. Or, look, I think Drake is okay. scary, but I don't think it's as scary if you look around to all the other Big Ten teams. Like, I, Penn State, Texas A&M is going to be one heck of a matchup. But that's like a 50-50 game. That's a coin flip game. Then they'll have to probably go play Texas. That's going to be really hard for them as well. That's way easier than Kent State-Drake. Um, or sorry, way harder than Kent State Drake. Illinois has to play Arkansas to start, which I don't think they win. And then they play Kansas. That's harder. Northwestern plays Boise State, UCLA. I think that's harder. Um, and there's no Big Ten teams. Or Maryland has to play Alabama, which is in West Virginia, which is harder. I think Indiana. Yeah. So like, is conclusion is like we think the East is food. Everyone else is going to have a tough time to, to get there, but but yeah. we're trying to get the easiest from you know of the rest of the stuff, which I understand. The Big Ten teams, yeah, yeah. Of the rest of the Big Ten teams, I think Indiana has the easiest road, but that's just because they're the highest seed of the remaining, right? <laughs> if 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 Indiana was in Penn State's position and Penn State was where Indiana is, Penn State would have that, right? So again, I think that's just a seeding thing, but that doesn't mean Indiana's right. path to the championship is like a cakewalk at all. Yeah. Since your carry is going to be a handful. Yeah, he is. But the good news is he's not he's not uh he's not gonna light it up from three. And so that's part of the reason that 
Um, I actually am pretty confident now in IU winning that game. It's just Trey Jackson Davis post defense that, you know, Kent State really hasn't played somebody that has that sort of athleticism and and post presence that uh, Trey Jackson Davis has. And hopefully you get a Big Ten referee in there because it is really hard. It is really, really hard to referee some of his block shots that are 50-50 goal tens. They're not called a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, yeah. They're not called a lot. Yeah. In the big I don't know what's going to happen if you get one, one of these Horizon referees or one of these Big West referees or someone from like – you know who's who's been doing like me at games all year. How are they going to see that something that they haven't seen all year and not just call it a goaltend just because of how crazy it looks? You you get some of those called and then a couple ticky tack fouls. Like you don't want to get in that situation. You don't want to get in that situation. No. no, I want no part of that. But no, that's part of what comes to the Big Ten tournament. Or sorry, the the NCAA tournament and what comes part of you know dealing with Big Ten referees every game, night in, night out. So um, maybe that's part of the reason why the Big Ten hasn't won a championship in twenty years. But yeah, <laughs> I'm with you there. Uh, who do you have next? All right, next would be Penn State. I think of all the regions, I, I think the Midwest is the second easiest. And here's why. The top seeds are, agree. again, all injured. You have Texas that's dealing with some some banged up people. Houston is banged up. Xavier, I don't, you know, they're out Fremantle. I don't really believe in them. And then you have Indiana, right, who is can either be the best team in the country one night and then play like they did against Penn State. Penn State, I think, is also a really tough team to play. It's a tough matchup in itself, so therefore that helps them out, right? Um, because I think they're a, a good team, and I think they're underseeded. I think they sh- probably should have been an 8-9, um, and they're sitting there on the 10 line. Um, and so, again... I think that goes back to the seeding issue. Yeah. Because there's so many in that, that range. Yeah, there is. That they had to keep them there. Yeah. So I, I think this actually benefits them because, look, Texas is beatable. Right? Like, for instance, you said you wouldn't be surprised if Colgate beats Texas, right? In a world where Colgate beats Texas, Penn State probably wins tech against Texas A&M, and then they're in the Sweet 16. Because Colgate can't deal with bo- booty ball. <laughs> booty ball is killing Colgate, okay? So then they're in the Sweet 16. They're probably playing Xavier or Iowa State. I think both those teams probably struggle against Pickett as well. Um, and all of a sudden, that's an Elite Eight appearance, right? And who knows who you're playing um, out of the other side of the bracket. Yeah, who knows? Exactly. Who knows? Could be a rematch, Penn State-Indiana semis. I, 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 would, I would not mind that at all. An Elite Eight game between Penn, Penn State and Indiana, Final that would be fun. Penn State Final Four would be nuts. That'll be fun for you because you're because like your team has passed this the Sweet Sixteen for the first time in and how long? Oh, it's been since uh, two thousand and two. Since the national yeah, 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 over twenty years. Yeah, you got you guys. You let Midheim keep y'all out the Elite Eight. 
That that team that team wins a national championship. That 2013 team wins. If they beat Syracuse, I generally think they would. Or we don't have UNC. You don't have UNC in 2016 shoot 80 percent from three in a game. <laughs> y'all, y'all really don't have any elite eight since 2002. I just had to get. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. That's mm. tough. Shout out to Maryland. Shout out to Maryland. No, not shout out to Maryland. Let's not shout out to Maryland. Don't shout out to Maryland. This is Big Ten coast to coast, not Big Ten coast to coast. Okay, okay, okay. You know what? But they didn't win when they were part of the Big Ten. They were the ACC. <laughs> Forget ACC Terps. Forget ACC Terps. But we, but we have to specify. Forget ACC Maryland. Boo. Big Ten Maryland, yay. Yeah. All right. Big Ten Maryland, yay. ACC Maryland, boo. Um, yeah. I'm going to stay, by the way, in the Midwest. I think Iowa has the next easiest. Iowa has the next easiest. I don't even know where they are. Oh, okay. Yep, 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 yep. They're in the 8-9. They play Auburn first. I don't think that's the All tough right. matchup for them. It's playing Houston for them. I feel like that for for Iowa is a <laughs> it's going to be tough. But it's also inversely going to be tough for Houston to guard Chris Murray. But then you also have Frank McCaffrey, who never makes it to the second weekend anyways. This part, I'm just confused. Jairus Walker. I think Jairus Walker is an amazing matchup with Chris Murray. I want to see that. You think he's – I want to see that. I'm not sure Jairus Walker is ready for somebody like Chris Murray. That's all I got to say. Uh, Chris Murray, I think. Hey, look, Jared Walker looks like a lottery pick, and and that's going to be his calling card, and that's going to be that's going to be a that's going to be a an opportunity for him. When when for, when for both of them, looking for at, both of them, yeah. When you're in a meeting, and they're going to say, "Hey, talk to me about this Iowa game." You're guarding Chris Murray, who you know is an NBA draft prospect. He dropped 20 and 12 on you. How can we rely on you to guard somebody in the league when you can't even stop like the worst twin? You know, (laughs) it it, it could go the other way. Chris, you've got this kid by two years and you struggled. You know, you were, you shot 25% from the field. I mean, you had 14 points, but took you 17 shots to get there. How can you, how can you not score against? Iowa, one of the lower defending Big Ten teams. How can I rely on you to go out there and stop, you know, really good players from the Grizzlies, from, you know, the Warriors, from the Heat, et cetera? You know, hey, it's going to be big, big opportunity yep. both, both ways. Okay. That'll be a fun game. That'll be a fun 1-8 game. But I don't think they beat Houston. So <laughs> that's – that's where I'm sitting here. I, I think matchup-wise, I think that's tough. It's tough. That is. That is. That is tough matchup-wise. But we've seen if you can make shots against Houston, what can Iowa do? They can make shots. If you are able to make shots against Houston, you can beat them. They become beatable. Their calling card is defense. Their calling card is to take your best scores and make their life a living hell. If Iowa scores can continue to score, yeah. 
Houston can be in trouble. Yeah, I, I you know, agree with Houston, that uh, assessment. I've been saying Houston since June, <laughs> May. I've been saying Houston for a yep. long time. And they're sitting here as one of the one seeds. But I know their weakness. Their weakness is if you can score the ball, if you make shots, it's going to be a long day for them. If you make if you make jump shots, you make threes. Chris Murray goes off. Peyton Sanford has one of those games where he's just he just turns into like I don't even know who. Just man, who's a really good shooter? He just turns into like Clay Thompson, right? He turns into Clay yep. Thompson. Yep, he's unconscious. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like we saw Iowa score twenty five points in ninety seconds against Tom Izzo. This wasn't against Fred Hoiberg. <laughs> this wasn't against <laughs> right, who doesn't yeah. care about this was against Tom Izzo. 25 points in 90 seconds. If you do that against anyone, you're gonna lose. Like that team is gonna lose the game. So you know what? You're like, I don't know, man. Because look, Auburn, Auburn has some guys. It all depends on Katie Johnson and Weldon and like Wendell Green. And, you know, Fran is Fran. He'll find a way to, I don't know, make that game either a blowout for Iowa or a re- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But I want to see Iowa-Houston. I'm sorry. I want to see that because I, I want to see the offense. I want to see the Iowa offense, and I want to see what Houston does against it. Um, that should be a blast to watch. That should be a blast to watch. All right, so we got Iowa as the fifth. As number five, who do we have as number six? Northwestern. Okay. Northwestern. Okay. Northwestern. Yeah. I think Boise State to start. Okay. I think I know the pattern. Okay. Northwestern. Talk to me. All right. I think the West is the not the hardest region, but I think it's the second hardest region, in my opinion. Um, but they're on the easy side of the bracket, in my opinion. I think that they escape having to play Kansas, who I think is is a to me the second best team in the country. Um, they they miss playing Arkansas, who I think is scary to play. They miss playing UConn, who I think is a team that a lot of people for a while thought was the best team in the country. Kind of fell off, still has that talent. Um, so they they escape that. They have. Boise State in the first round, who's a tough matchup, um, but I know it's still winnable. They have, they have the guards in that game um, to compete with Northwestern. Boise State does, but at the same time, I'm I can't bet against Bubui anymore in good faith. So um, Bubui is going to happen to to Boise State, and then they play UCLA, very beatable. Again, they're dealing with injuries. Um, their best defensive guards out. Uh, I don't know what the status of, of Adam Bona, their their big guy is, um, but if he's out, then Nicholson should have a day. That's a very winnable game for Northwestern. Then you, you look forward, right? You you hope to get an upset of Gonzaga, but Gonzaga is a tough game. But this is just like as the team progresses, like a Sweet 16 would be amazing for Northwestern. Um, and, and the other two teams aren't making it first out of ever, the first weekend. First- so – 
and that's why I have Northwestern here. I, I don't know if Northwestern can make it past the Sweet 16. I don't know if they can make it past Gonzaga. But if they do that, um, that would be amazing. But the other, the, I know the other two Big Ten teams, which we'll talk about here in a minute. I know they're not, they're not making it past the first weekend. And I'll say this: I, I don't know if I'm sold that the West is the second hardest. I, I think the South and the West are on par. I think the West is tougher throughout. Mm. I think the South is harder up top. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, yeah, like Alabama, Arizona, Baylor. That's a tough three. But then it falls off. I think Virginia is not as good of a four, and I don't think San Diego State is as good of a five. So I I get what you're saying. I don't know. I think San Diego State is really good. I think College of Charleston can, can win that game too. I think Furman can. That, that's what I'm saying. Is like I'm not sure San Diego State makes it out of the first game, but it's not a knock on San Diego State. I think San Diego State's yeah. good. I just think College of Charleston's a ridiculous 12 seed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, but those are those are the the hardest. Those are the hardest. Uh, the West and the South. And I'm looking here at who Northwestern has to go through. Uh, Boise State, Mountain West, right? Mountain West went 0 for 4 last year in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they, yeah. like the Big Ten, have a very unique yeah. style of play where I don't think it blends well with – I don't think it blends well with um, with NCAA tournament success. Uh, I do think Northwestern can win that game. Boise State's very solid on both ends. But I, but Chase Adige, yeah, Boo Booey, the way that that team is built around them, uh, Northwestern should win that game. Uh, then you have you play UCLA, who just had an injury. Uh, Amari Bailey and Tiger Campbell, or Boo Booey, Chase Adish. I think it's going to be a hell of a matchup. Um, I won't be surprised if Northwestern wins that game. Now, if they get through that, if they get through that first weekend, you know what? Gonzaga is not the Gonzaga of the past. Uh, they've had some licks this year, where they've been blown out by Purdue. They've been you know, you know, they've been they've been beaten. They lost what twice in the WCC, which is usually, which is one or two times more than usual. Um, they're, they're they have five losses this year. So yeah. the way that that Gonzaga plays, it is very give the ball to Drew Timmy and kind of just hang out and stand around. If Northwestern has bodies in Verhoeven and they have Barron and they have Nicholson. They have bodies to kind of throw at Drew Timmy. Um, and Drew Timmy's going to get his, but if you're able to neutralize him enough, kind of similar to Purdue in a way, if you kind of neutralize, if you kind of neutralize or kind of make life hard for the big and make the perimeter play more, because I guess perimeter is a lot better, mind you, than Purdue's with Nolan Hickman and um, – Malachi and or is it Malcolm? I believe it's Malachi or Malcolm Smith. Um, and then you have like guys like Hunter Salas yeah. coming off the bench. And you got Julian Strother. You have a you have a pretty decent surrounding cast there. But still, um, that is a that is a situation that Northwestern. If you're a seven uh, outside of Michigan State, uh, that's probably your best bet. Probably your best bet. Um, if you want to get to a second weekend for sure. And then, as you know, when it comes to 
the final four, just get to that second weekend and then you're two games away. Whoever's in front of you, you really don't care. You know, it's it's not meant to be easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whoever comes out of there, whoever comes out of their pod is going to be a no. very good team. And they're either going to be a good high major or they're going to be a conference champion or something like that. So you either got to – so you have to be, be ready either way. Got to be ready either way. Yeah, I, I, I agree that. But I, I actually – I agree, but I also disagree. I, I like Gonzaga in this tournament. In fact, I have Gonzaga winning um, in one of my brackets. I, I genuinely think they're a really good team. I love their guards. I like Julian Strother, Malachi Smith, uh, Nolan Hickman, and Rasir Bolton. Like, I think that's a team that has grown as the year's gone on, uh, year has gone on. And their only loss, or the only two losses in um, the WCC was to St. Mary's once. And um, I forget their other loss. But losing to St. Mary's, who's a five seed, I don't think... I don't think it's the worst. And they've also beaten Alabama this year. Um, they've beaten Baylor as well, the, the other three seed in another region. Like, I I think they're just battle tests. I think this this is the year, I think in a year in which college basketball is so mid, I think this is the year that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mark Few gets his title. So, no. there you go. The idea behind their roster is really good, but then you watch them play – and then you kind of see why they've struggled so much this year. If they can figure it out, um, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. But it's one of those things where who they are on paper and these names you see, and then you watch the highlights. Yeah, but when you watch the game itself, like you see why that they've dropped a few games this year. And if they're able to figure it out here, then that, there's no national right. buzz on them. There's no – Gonzaga being rammed down everybody's throats. So they should be in a much better headspace where they're playing with house money. Right. Um, and that's where they're best. That's where, where they should That's be what I'm best. saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I fully expect them to have a tournament to remember this year. Um, and so that's why I have Northwestern there. I think the next spot, actually, we switch it up. This is the first time. Because I think I've been currently seeing these by who's in the easiest brackets, right? Who's in the easiest little little quadrants, right? Who's in the easiest regions, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to switch this up. I think Maryland has an easier time getting to the, to the final four than Illinois. And so, therefore, Maryland. I'm on the same page. Same page. Yep. You're the same? Same. Yep. Yeah. I think, again – they have to beat West Virginia. I think that first game, very winnable. I don't believe in this West Virginia team, even though they do play some fun basketball and Bob Huggins is, is, is a great coach. I just think, again, Maryland's got it. Joe Toussaint! Joe Toussaint! Iowa's I, finest. I know. I know. I, that's weird. It's weird. It's weird that he's at West It's weird. It's weird. But, I, again, I still think that – But he's even a West Virginia guy. Just super energy, wants to play 90 feet. You know, lock you down, just like be in your shorts, just all that fun stuff. You know what I mean? Like that, that it was weird that he was on Iowa. It was weird that he was on Iowa because that's not yeah. Iowa basketball. True, it's that's true. It's just weird all around. He's just a weird Iowa. player all around. I don't understand him. Joe Toussaint is an enigma. Yeah. Um, but I think again, Maryland has the better point guard. I think yeah, again, Jimmy Young, so so good. Um. And that's why I, I think they even have a slight chance against Alabama. 
a slight chance. Like, I think Alabama is probably the most complete team right now. I think they're, they're playing the best right now. I think they're still very beatable, though, because if, if they're not if they're not hitting shots, right, and Brandon Miller isn't, isn't hitting shots that day, they are extremely beatable, extremely beatable. You go and look at their, their losses this year. Um, they're, they all come in games that they're not playing well. They lost to Gonzaga. They weren't playing that well. They lost at Tennessee. They weren't shooting that well. They lost to UConn and Texas A&M. Both of, all of those games were games that they struggled from the outside. If they can struggle to get them on an off night, that's a winnable game. Um, and so, therefore, if Maryland can get past that, then I think the only game they have to worry about to get to the Final Four is Arizona. Um, I think whoever they probably play out of the Virginia San Diego State um, side will be good, but they're not nearly going to be at the level that Arizona is at um, in the Elite Eight. But I, the Arizona matchup and Alabama winning both of those games as a, a, you know the team that Maryland is right now, I think is way too much to ask for them. But I still think it's an easier trip than Illinois. I'm with you. I think Illinois got completely shafted with this. Um, not shafted in terms of, like, I think the NCAA is out to get them. I just think from a standpoint of, like, like they were done no favors. They were done no, no favors. No, there is zero favors. There's zero favors in their side of the bracket at all. Zero. None. Yeah, which, which is really unfortunate for them, for a, for a very passionate fan base that wants to get to a second weekend because they're tired of the jokes. I understand that. I understand it. Trust me, I understand um, a fan base who's who believes their program has taken so many leaps and bounds but can't get this monkey off their back. Um, the thing with Maryland, I like their I like their opening matchup round against West Virginia, a Big 12 team. Uh, Kevin Willard's got to come out, and he's got to get them through that game. And then your house money against Alabama – um, Alabama has been on a tear. It's been on an absolute tear. Uh, Alabama. I don't think I, I have to, I have to go back and I have to go back and check this, but Alabama won the sec. Alabama won the sec tournament and, uh, they lost, they, they lost three. They lost three. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. They lost three games since December 17th. Three games. One of those games was a wild game yeah. at Oklahoma where they got blitzed, absolutely blitzed on the road by a very mediocre Oklahoma team. When I say mediocre, they finished two games below 500 mediocre. But they got absolutely blitzed, allowing 50 points by Oklahoma in the first half. And they just, they just, Oklahoma just ran away with this game, absolutely destroyed, absolutely destroyed. The 24 points don't really tell the tale of that game because they were dominated thoroughly throughout. Um, And then you're looking at a team that has a pro on the perimeter, not just a pro. You're talking about a top five type of dude who a lot are saying, you know, anywhere between two and five, right? And Brennan Miller's a matchup mm-hmm. nightmare. Six eight, six nine, can really shoot the ball. Um, 
can really can really score. It averages about twenty and then eight rebounds. You know, forty five percent from the field, forty percent from three, and he's taking almost eight threes a game. It's not like he's forty percent from three and he's taking like three a game. No, he's taking almost eight a game, seven to eight threes a game. What he's taking, um, he hasn't shot less than six threes in a game in about seven games. He had 14 attempts in the SEC championship game. He had 12 attempts in his final game um, at Texas A&M. And this is a dude who also, you you rarely find guys who shoot a bunch of threes not go to the free throw line. He goes to the line four to five times a game. In their last game, I have not seen, this is a weird stat, shoots 14 threes, also shoots 10 free throws. Yeah. Like, he does everything for them. He does, does everything. He's, he's a complete offensive player. Yeah. it's He's so complete. Like, not only is he shooting from 24, he's putting the ball on the deck, getting to within a few feet, finishing around the basket or trying to finish around the basket and getting hit and getting fouled, going to the line and seeing the ball continue to go in. Uh, matchup nightmare. Matchup nightmare. And, man, Akeem Hart, you want to go play in the league? You want to go play in the league? Own this matchup. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Akeem Hart versus Brandon Miller would be, like, I I want that to happen. Just, just to see, like, what are you going to do against a dude who's trying to get to the league, who's well-coached, who's been in one of the more well-coached teams in the country, in the Big Ten, you know, how are you going to do with that matchup? Are you going to be able to be solid? Are you going to be able to play defense without fouling? Are you going to be able to you know, keep his shot quality poor, right? But on the other end, are you going to be able to hit threes? Can you hit shots? Can you yeah. put pressure on him defensively? I, I love that matchup because I think uh, Akeem Hart is an underrated pro prospect. Um, a bit older, just like Brandon Miller is. Brandon Miller is going to be, I believe, 21 or 21 by the time the NBA starts next year or sometime around there. Um, I love that yeah. matchup, though. I love it. Um, I might kind of, I'm kind of excited about it. But let's say Maryland gets by Alabama, right? You know, Maryland just plays lights out. Jameer Young has a great game. Donald Carey hits a few big threes. Dante Scott goes back to his form of playing as at a Big Ten, uh, Big Ten All Conference from like November, and let's say Julian Reese has a monster game with like twelve points and thirteen boards, uh, and he outplays Bediaco. Let's say they they win that game. Who do you see being there in that Sweet Sixteen? I think Virginia can lose to Furman, especially with Vander Plaza out. Charleston. For, I'll give you the answer. Charleston. It's Charleston in the Sweet Sixteen. College of Charleston's 31 and 3. That's a team who's won a lot of games. They won a lot of games. Um, that's gonna be a tough game for And I think that's a tough matchup for Maryland. That's tough. Yes. Yes. That's tough. And as a team that has gained confidence, right? Because they go and they go and they beat San Diego State. Okay. And they probably beat when you say that Virginia could lose to Furman. I don't think they will. I think they'll probably beat Virginia. And then they're in the sweet sixteen and you they look across the way and they see Maryland and they were expecting Alabama. Yeah. Like, but, that's a team that, that goes in that game with a bit of swagger, but with, you, with a chance to go to the Elite right. Eight. 
you got six days prep, six days prep. And I think six days of prep sure. is huge. And you give the edge to who the better coach is. Um, and, you know, you would, you, you would trust a coach who won over 30 games <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're killing it in Charleston. I swear. You trust that for sure. Um, and then, you know, on, even on the other side of that bracket, in my opinion, is one of the t- tougher segments that uh, that Big Ten teams avoided throughout. You have Creighton, who has top five talent with that starting lineup with Alexander and Shireman and Nemhard. And you got, um, man, you got Kalth Brenner. You got, man, you got so many dudes, but they're not very deep. But all you need is five and like one. That's all you need in this tournament because you don't play that back to back stuff, right? It's not four games in a row. It's one game, right. you're off. One game, you got a week. Um, I like Creighton. That's a tough matchup against NC State. I think Joyner and Turk Smith are arguably one of the better backcourts in this entire tournament. And when you, if you have a good backcourt, you, you can do you can do anything. You can do wild things. Like you can take. <laughs> we leave. We love taking shots at them, but <laughs> you can take Kevin Ollie to a national championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's gonna be tough. Baylor, you got Keontae George, and you said that you like UC Santa Barbara and like what they're able to to do. You have Missouri, you have Des Moines Hodge, you have Kobe Brown. Kobe Brown is such a good player. Um sleeper for me and when it comes to like NBA draft, he's a six eight, two hundred fifty pound power forward who shoots fifty-five percent from the field and forty-five percent from three. He's just a an end, and then he's a bulldog. It's very hard to guard. Utah State, super old. Uh, Arizona, I like Kerr and Ramey's backcourt. I don't think they lay an egg against Princeton. So, huh, I don't know, man. That's it's tough for Maryland. It's real tough for Maryland. That's that's why they're in this spot as the as, it's as the second toughest for us. You know because. You, yeah, it's tough for Maryland, but there's still a team left that we haven't yeah. talked about yet. I know that has a, I think it's a tougher, and that's Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Illinois, Illinois got Illinois got. First of all, they got a first round. Host. They got a first round team that I literally said tweeted out to an to an Illinois fan. I said you want to avoid three teams. This was one of them. I believe it was Creighton. And Arkansas, and then one other team. I forget what I said, but they end up getting Arkansas. Uh, no, was it, it wasn't Memphis. Memphis but uh, I'm gonna look for that tweet, and I'm gonna let you talk about um, about this about Illinois and their uh, and their uh, un- unluckiness right here. All right. So first off, first game they play Arkansas. If you haven't watched Arkansas all year, they have a six foot eight point guard. It's going to be a first round, first round pick, I believe, in Anthony Black. You've got Nick Smith, who's a top ten pick, pro guard, um, who just came back from injury about a month and a half ago and has slowly gotten into rhythm. Um, and they just got a bunch of dudes everywhere. They're a deep team. They go like ten deep, honestly. Um, and Illinois is a team that doesn't have good guards. 
and Arkansas is. So that that immediately is a hard matchup. Then if you get past Arkansas somehow, which I don't expect them to, you have to play your former head coach and Bill Self, who's coming off, you know, being in the hospital, getting back with his team. They're going to have a chip on their shoulder because they should have probably beaten Texas in the Big 12 title game and laid an absolute egg. Um, and so Texas was on, on that court celebrating when it was basically 98% Kansas fans in that arena. Um, and they're basically going to be the home team here as well. And you're playing your former coach. And I think Kansas is like the second favorite to win the whole thing. So then you have to get past that. Then, then if you make it to the second weekend, you have to play probably UConn, who was the prohibitive favorite in like November. And then if you get past UConn, you probably got to win. You got to beat the winner of Gonzaga UCLA. Like, I don't know. The one, two, three, and four seeds in this region in the West is so impossible. They're impossible. And then you add in Arkansas at eight. Um, I think TCU is really good, by the way. Uh, Northwestern is a team that Illinois struggled against. All of these are could be future possible opponents. I don't even bring up 12 seed VCU, who I have in the Sweet 16, like twice. Like They, they play VCU. They're getting locked down, okay, in, in the Sweet 16. Like, <laughs> Illinois, they're so good defensively that they're going to make that game just – it'll be 45-40. That, that game will just be tough as hell to win. This region just sucks. It sucks. If you are in the West, I am, I apologize. This this region is hard. Um, and in my opinion, I think I think it's, it's the toughest um, overall. That's my opinion. I found the tweet. So what was it? An Illinois fan. So an Illinois fan, Noah, sub Noah Birchman, uh, said, "Yeah, do you think Illinois can do anything in March?" And I said, "They want to avoid some teams." This is back in February, and he goes, "Who do you think would be a tough first round matchup for them?" And I said, "Which seat are they looking at?" He said, "At the highest, the six, probably seven or eight, right?" Illinois ended up on nine, correct? Yeah, so, Illinois is nine. So there, he goes at the highest six, probably seven or eight. And I go, avoid Creighton, avoid NC State, Miami, Arkansas, and Providence. And they got Arkansas. Oh. So, they got Arkansas. Yep. It's like Indiana. You're like, well, the teams you want to, to escape from there is like Oral Roberts and Kent State, and they get Kent State. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, who do you want to avoid? You know the teams you don't want to have. Um, yeah, Illinois, very, very tough. And this is the one where I would say Illinois, Arkansas, Penn State, A&M. Uh, who else? I think those are the only two games that I don't feel comfortable with the Big Ten winning. That if the Big Ten won, I would be pretty not shocked, but it wouldn't be like, oh, we saw that coming. Um, just with the AM's pl- platoon system, how they can guard Penn State with multiple guys and kind of wear them down throughout, with just how Buzz likes to do his stuff, and Dexter Dennis is a very good defender. You're looking at Penn State's in a very tough matchup. 
this Illinois Arkansas one, in my opinion, is on that same level in terms of toughness because you're playing two guards who are going to be playing in the NBA next year. Anthony Black is looking yeah. at is looked at as a lottery pick, and so is Nick Smith. And then you got Council, who's also looking like an NBA draft draft pick, whether it's late first or or like an early second. Um, and you've got and and they've got very active bigs. They don't have clunkers, right? They don't have those big clunky bigs. No. Must went out and did one thing, and he wanted fast, athletic bigs who can run the floor, can handle the ball, and can move on both ends. I think that is going to I think that is going to neutralize Coleman Hawkins' ability quite a bit, where Coleman does a really good job using his size and quickness to his advantage, whether he's going up against a smaller opponent or an opponent who's not as fast. Arkansas has guys for that. Um, you know, and yep. you're looking at, you know, like, and you're looking at Terrence Shannon and you're looking at uh, Matthew Meyer and all these guys. Look, you're playing an Arkansas team culture-wise. They go to the Elite Eight. That's what they do now. They've gone to the Elite Eight, I think, in back-to-back years now, no? I believe yep. back-to-back yes, years now. Uh, Must has turned this thing around fast and, and, and in a hurry. And they don't have Trevin Brazil, which which is why they're at an eight and not a top three seed. I think Brazil was – uh, was looking at being, you know, one of the more improved players in the entire country at six nine, six ten, and with his ability on the floor, um, but still, uh, very tough, very very tough. And then then you got to go up against a Kansas team. Now the only positive here with Kansas uh, is Kevin McCuller playing, or is he out? Do you know? I think he is playing. I thought so. That's why they put him in a one seed. But I'll look it up right now while you, you talk about. Because if because if you're looking at if you're looking at a, a Kansas team who just had their coach be out for a while and then and then the coach was able to uh and then the coach was able to, you know, come back, but then they lose by twenty. You know, you know, is that a good dynamic going on right now? Did the dynamic shift? Did it change? Who knows? It's he's de- McCullough's day to day. They said after um, he had the rest, thinking about the long haul. That's why I didn't play him in that game. So he's day to day now, which to me screams he's going to play. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but McCullough is someone who they need, who they need in order to you know compete and contend for another national championship. You know, you have Grady Dick, you have Jalen Wilson. Grady's going to be a first-round pick in the top half of the draft this year. Jalen Wilson is being looked at as a national player of the year candidate. We know he's not going to win it, but he should be a first-team All-American. Um, they have just a really solid team throughout. Their point guard play is um, has been really good this year, not NBA-like, but someone who's just going to come in and run the show. He's almost like their version of Rajon Rondo, right? He's not going to kill you with stats, but he's going to he's going to find people. He's going to have good assists. He's going to control tempo, control pace. Uh, he's going to be a solid defender, right. uh, someone like that. So uh, I believe his name is Dewan Harris, I want to say. Um, 
but it's yes. not, it's just not good. It's not good. And then let's just say if they get through all that in the second weekend, they're going to go up against either, either Gonzaga or you got to play against Mike Miles at TCU, both with very good guard play, both with pros on the, on the, on the uh, perimeter. And I think, I don't think anybody comes out of the Sweet 16 from that bottom 710215 group. I think it comes from that 611314 group between TCU possibly a play in um and then you have Gonzaga right there. And then you know and but but then they got to get through Yukon or VCU St. Mary's has this guy named Aiden Mahaney, a freshman about 6'3" who's very good and Iona Iona has Rick Patino. I mean, you, you're looking at you're looking at it. Yeah, this region is ridiculous. You're looking at a very tough slate. The one thing that they have going for them in Illinois is that the games are in Des Moines, uh, so it's uh, Illinois travels. That's one thing I know is that Illinois travels. They travel wherever those Illini are playing uh, from Champaign to Des Moines, uh, doesn't look like that big of a hike, you know, a few hours, a few hours maybe, but. It's not too bad for Arkansas. Yeah, either. it's not bad uh, for Arkansas. That first game, it'll be 50 minutes. Yeah, so, I mean, Arkansas travels as well. If you're talking about rabid fan base bracket, Arkansas, Illinois, and Kansas are going to be in the <laughs> Like, it, it's the insane people bracket, is what it is. <laughs> it's the go that, that, that UConn too. You can put UConn too. UConn fans are insane. There are some UConn fans I talk to, or I I like follow on Twitter, and I just follow them to see them get angry at people. That's that. They're my follow. <laughs> they're my follow to see them get angry at people. They're gonna get angry about anything. So you add that in. Um, I, I'm Gonzaga and UCLA probably don't have as weird fan bases, but yeah, the UConn, Illinois, Arkansas, Kansas. That's interesting. I think St. Mary's got a bit screwed here. Being yeah, they get a, it's, like, to, it's like congrats. You get a five seed. You play VCU. <laughs> yes. Congrats. in 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 New York, in upstate New York. Congratulations. You got to play yeah. in upstate New York. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Way no, no, no. to go. Uh, that's why I wanted Indiana to have no part of the five C line. None, none, none at all. San Diego State's playing Charleston. Miami's playing Drake. Like those twelves are just. I don't think I have this a five is... seed winning in a single one of my brackets. I think I have the twelve seed sweeping. Oh, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I love the I love the Duke Oral Roberts matchup. I can't wait for this. We're gonna it... be on playback all day. I all day Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I I'm gonna get sick of you by Sunday. I'm just gonna. <laughs> we will have cracked the same jokes for four days in a row. <laughs> what do you mean same jokes? They're always new and fresh and original. That's true. That's true. But the, the we will have like. I don't know. There, there'll be like so many good screen recordings that come out of this, and I'm so happy. This is like this is my favorite weekend of the year. Is the Thursday Friday games, and then into the Saturday Sunday. The round of 64, round of 32 is peak college basketball. This is peak, peak. 
it is peak. I can't wait. I can't wait until these games get going. I'm excited about it. So we just ran through every Big Ten teams and like what they what they're looking at, what they're facing in their brackets. Um, it's going to be tough. Like we said, the East is probably the easiest in our opinion. Midwest up second, and then the West and the South are both really really brutal. Um, but you know, roll roll them out. We'll see what they look like after after a couple days. After a couple days, we'll see what they look like. But, yo, I'm out. Be easy. Have a good one. Thanks for coming through. Later. Bye, guys. Thank you.